Good afternoon. Um, the scripture for today's teaching is 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he rose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he rose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? This is the word of the Lord. All right, we are in the fourth week of a nine-week series that we're calling Nine Questions, Nine Questions That God Asks. If, uh, you know, usually if you're in college or in high school and you read anything by T.S. Eliot, you probably read The Wasteland, and it's about just the horror of World War I, just a classic poem, but not many people know T.S. Eliot, that in my experience, after The Wasteland. And this, this quote comes from Courses from the Rock. And we've been saying it every week. Here's T.S. Eliot, just a master poet. Oh, my soul, be prepared for the coming of the stranger. Be prepared for him who knows how to ask questions. And probably every week you've heard the question that we're going to go through and you've thought to yourself, that does not seem like a very good question. And yet, after going to it, you say, oh, that's a decent question. Because we know that these questions are not for God to gain knowledge about us. These questions are for us. And the answers are for us. The answers are not even for God. They're for our own hearts. And so this week, uh, this, this question, this, this fourth week here, um, Elijah, what are you doing here? That's the question for this week. And again, it, it may even sound uh, a little condemning. Because we read in the text that uh, Elijah was running. He was on the run a little bit. And so this might even come across as a little condemning, a little naughty, 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 Elijah. Buddy, where are you supposed to be? Huh? Huh? You know you're not supposed to be here. Where are you, buddy? I don't know if that's the tone that you get, but that's the tone I had when I first read it. Uh, 
God is mad at Elijah, and he's letting Elijah know that he's sort of mad through a question. Through a question. Now, let me give you a little tiny recap. So, this episode comes on the heels of Elijah. Now, put yourself a little bit in his place. Elijah actually experiencing God to use the words of my kids, like actually. Like actually experiencing God. All right, this is what happens. He's on Mount Carmel, he sees the opposition. Some of you are familiar with this story and there are hundreds of prophets of Baal and they are going to have a a, a baby, a God off, right? Like you put your sacrifices here, I'm gonna put my sacrifices here, you pray to your God, Baal, let's see what he does, I'm gonna pray to my God and we'll see what he does. And, and, and you'll remember this is it, it, if people ever tell you like, I don't think sarcasm is ever really shown in the Bible. No, like it's incredibly sarcastic because Elijah starts mocking the prophets of Baal and says, oh, 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 is your God sleeping? Where is he? Is he taking a nap? Um, and, and so the prophets of Baal, they start cutting themselves. They just start going through all these uh, histrionics of like just to get the attention of Baal. And then uh, nothing happens, and Elijah says, okay. And you, and you remember this part? He goes, okay, I want, I want mine soaked with water. Like, I, I, I wanna, I wa- I'm going to make it harder for my God, okay? So, I, I'm, I'm, so they bring all these barrels. They dig a ditch, and this is water, water, water. And uh, Elijah prays. And, boom! All right, it, 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 it just, it turns the stones molten. And of course, there's no more water. All right, now, um, I, I have never seen something like this. I don't know, maybe you have. Um, the closest maybe I, I think I've seen, it was in reverse, is uh, uh, the university campus nearest where we were living once. Um, every homecoming, what they would do is ROTC would come, and they used to do this like at Texas A&M as well, but you probably heard of this, is they would stack all of these pallets, and the pallets would be cover a space you know, larger than this room, and it would just be like this tower, and, and then they'd soak it in diesel fuel. And then at night, in the quad area, you know, they, they, they torch the bottom of it. And it goes up. And the crowd, the crowd has to be at least, like, 50 yards from this incredible column. And no matter where you are, like, you can be 50 yards away, and you just, like, feel it. You feel the heat on your face. And it's just pallets and diesel fluid. And it's coming from the, <laughs> the earth up, right? I've never seen something coming down like that. And so, so direct witness, like, whoa, I felt the heat, I was there, wow, wow, this is intensity. Like, if you ever doubted the power of God, like, whoa, whoa. I, so so if, if you've ever had an experience, now, I, again, you haven't, we haven't seen the column of fire, but like, if you've ever had an experience, and I don't know where it was, but you know where you were, and I know where I was, where I was like, whoa. I have seen the crumbling marriage come to life. I have seen the addict 
set free. I have seen my own heart. I've seen incredible things happen, and it's in this power of God. You're like, how did that happen? And there's this rush of into. You're like, I know it's real. At that one time, I can always point to that time and like, I don't know about it now, but like, I know for sure in that circular area of time, that one precise point, it, it, was, it was real. It was real. I was there. I saw it. All of us have experienced that probably at one point, singular point. You're like, whoa, I, I may think God exists because of that point. And then he hears word back from Lady Jezebel and she says, I can take your life whenever I want. In fact, by tomorrow night, your life is mine. Because he'd killed all this, these other prophets. And he gets scared. Now, now this, is, this is amazing because um, it takes a little bit of geography. But um, so I didn't include it, but he runs from Jezreel. So Jerusalem's at the very, very top of that map. And uh, Beersheba, where he runs to, is where the, the, the blue dots start. Okay, so he, it's a winter palace up in Jezreel, and he runs to Beersheba. And just so that you kind of get the intensity of this, this is over three marathons. And, and he is all out hightailing it there. So, so just because he is scared, okay, and then, the, and keep this in because I'm going to mention this a little later. So that's when he does his three marathons back to back to back just to get away in Beersheba at the top. And then after he takes a rest, just keep log this away for later, he's going to go all the way to where it says Jabal Musa, which is Mount Horeb. And um, that, that's quite a trek. That's like uh, 87 hours of walking. <laughs> Google did that for me. 87 hours. And, and they're taking the path of least resistance, you know, so you don't go over the toughest terrain. Okay, so this is what happens. In verse 3, he does this, and this is like um, when you're in hospice. So he's about midlife, but when you're in hospice, he does something. It says it in the text. He says, um, he takes his servant that has always been with him. P.S. The servant runs with him in the three marathons. Like, <laughs> I didn't even sign up for this. I didn't get a T-shirt. There's <laughs> like no prize for the three marathons. Um, but but this is like hospice care because what happens if someone um, dismisses their servant? What they said: This is the end of my life, and I'm freeing you. Go about your business. I'm done. I'm done. So this is Elijah's conception of like I, I'm going to die here in the desert. So go away. That's what the text tells us. And so he sends him away, um, and, and he's, he's he, I, I want you to get this sense, he is quitting. He's done. He's quitting. He is quitting life. And he's like, I can't handle, I cannot handle all of this. I cannot handle this, this chaos, this conflict. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I want you to feel something, and maybe you guys, it increases the shame. You're a, you're a, a prophet, like, of God. It think of how it increases the shame. So he's like, I'm going to go alone, and the fact that I'm quitting and going alone, it multiplies the shame. 
I just want, I want you to get, catch the weight of that. And so God comes to him and he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Now you can think of this is the voice of Jezebel, that's pretty powerful. Oh yeah, I could kill you, okay. But, but, but I, I want you to see something is that Elijah's fatigue and fear is a pretty powerful voice too. Um, Elijah, what are you doing here? Now, we're gonna, I'm going to unpack where we get this from the text. But I'm going to paraphrase a lot of things that's, that are going on. He says, I'm ashamed that I'm tired of this. I'm ashamed that I have fear. I'm ashamed that I've run away. I'm ashamed that I'm not where I want to be. Can you guys feel this a little bit? Are you where you want to be? Are you ashamed that you are not where you want to be? I'm ashamed that I don't have the power or the endurance to be your guy. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of how little faith I have. I'm ashamed that I can't do the things you want me to do. I'm just ashamed of that. I'm ashamed of the fact that I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that I don't have the resource. I, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. Elijah, what are you doing here? Do you know what he says? This is so powerful. He is admitting something. He says, I don't have what it takes to be your man or your woman, God. Where do you get that, Tim, from the text? Verse four. I want to die Because I finally realized I'm no better than my father's. All right, do a little work here. Do a little work here. Don't raise your hand. I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll be forthcoming. I actually have believed for a very long time that I'm going to be better than my dad and my mom. All of the missteps, all of the injury, all of the crazy brokenness I have intensely felt for my whole life, I am gonna do it better than them. I'm gonna parent better than them. I'm gonna go farther than them. I'm gonna get more than, I'm gonna be more EQ'd out than them. Catch the weight of what Elijah is suddenly realizing mid-course through life. I'm no better than them. And I'd rather die. I'd rather die. Now, some of you have experienced this in a continual low-grade funk or malaise. Some of it can be clinical. You can call it depression. 
And let's look at the full orb. Let's, let's, let's be honest. Is some of it biological? Absolutely, yes. You know, doctors call it neurological proclivity. You know what that means? Inherited DNA. You can look at family, family systems and say, oh, you know what? I got this and this and this from... from. Like, like chemicals are real. Uh, talk, to, talk, talk to any woman. Postpartum depression is real. It's biological. Um, some of it is circumstantial, right? All of, the, all of the things pressing and stressing on your life. Tragedies, work, constant conflict, new shifting demands and expectations from all over the place, new responsibilities, children growing in stages where you have to be a different parent in different stages and you thought you had it under control but now you don't have it control. This is a new thing. I don't understand what's going on. Life, 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 life. Stuff is always breaking down. You're always having to replace stuff. Um, this is it. It's, midlife is real, and the psalmist says it in one tw- uh, Psalm 102. We'll, we'll cover this at the end. But, but it's amazing. Is Life can seem like you're sort of found this track of success until your mid-40s, and then all of a sudden it sounds like Ecclesiastes in the Song of Sol- uh, or in Solomon. All of a sudden, he's like, I have tried everything. I've tried projects and work and women. I've, tr- I've just tried everything. And guess what? I am no better than my father's. It, you know, it's fun. the studies have shown the wealthier the nation, the higher the rates of depression. So wealth and success do not fix what you thought you wanted to fix about life. I will just buy my way out of all of the discomfort. And it hasn't happened. Some of it is spiritual, right? We get this in Psalm 88, Psalm 102. Um, I've talked to so many people, but I don't even need to talk to people. I can just see to my own heart is that there has been a depth of dryness. I, am t- I cannot be moved by the abstract truth of God. Not anymore. It can't just be a theology lesson. It's every Christian's depression, and we get this in Romans 7, is I, I cannot believe stuff doesn't work, and I do the very things that I hate that I do. I'm no better than my father's. But w- what is it? Is it biology? Is it circumstantial? Is it psychology? Is it, sp- is it, is it a spiritual problem? This, this is who, do you know? This is what Christianity affirms, and it's so amazing, is it affirms the psychosomatic union of your body and soul. It means that you're not just a soul. You're a whole person, and it's incredibly complex. And who, 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 who has the medicine to address this complex, holistic being? Is medicine real to address the chemicals? Yes. But is it everything of who you are? No. 
who has the medicine to address this complex, this uncommon need for wholeness, for this thing that you're like, I don't even know what part's going and what's related to what and what, need, what thread needs to be pulled and stitched. What? So the question to Elijah is, Elijah, what are you doing here? And here's the answer, and it's incredible, and we're gonna see this just a little. I'm here because I can't do it, all right? I cannot be who I think you want me to be. I cannot do it. Now, you and I have tried the other medicines that we saw in Ecclesiastes, didn't we? If you're in a funk, has anyone told you what you need to do? Your helpful advice friend? Get up, make your bed, just make your bed, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. Have a piece of dark chocolate, have a glass of wine. Take a warm bath. Go get a massage. Hit the steam room. Buy some retail therapy. Click it to your doorstep. Click it. Click, 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 click. Yes, 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 yes. Tomorrow, tomorrow, prime, prime, prime. Yes. A little bit of dopamine. Blink, 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 blink. Click, 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 click. Go to a museum. Go to a concert. Start working out. Have you tried a new hobby? There's meetup groups you know. If the meds don't fix it, you're probably just being melodramatic. You know what? Our grandparents didn't have the luxury of being depressed, if you know what I mean. They got up in the morning, they put their feet on the floor, and they were grateful. Flabby smartphone generation, get out of your head. Recent study, over 75% of South Koreans 60 years and older think that depression means that you are weak and depression is a problem you can solve. Elijah, what are you doing here? I'm ashamed because I cannot do your program. I can't do it right. I, can, I am not your, I cannot be who you want me, who I think you want me to be. I cannot do that. And then God does something that I just, I don't expect. And he says, actually, it is too great for you. It is too big for you. You actually can't do that. You can't solve this one. Not alone, not by yourself. Verse seven. 
the journey is too great for you. Let's just get that out there. It's too much. It's too much. You do not, you cannot do it. When Elijah is saying, I do not have enough, he is longing for some sort of day when he is enough and he will do enough to do it all. And this is, this is the incredible thing. This is the incredible thing. Is that day came when pleasing the impossible God happens, but it doesn't happen through Elijah. See, the pleasing the impossible God came when the words, it is finished, came across the lips of another man. The better Elijah. Uh, do you remember that map? <clears throat> and there's a, that 87-hour walk that he has after the three marathons. And it takes him 40 days. You know where he's going? Well, you told us, Tim, Mount Horeb, duh. Where is Mount Horeb? That's Mount Sinai. What happens there? That's where Moses got the law. What is he doing? I'm going to take you on a journey to the place where you realize again you will never, never, never do it. You will never do the performance. You'll never do it. The journey is too great for you. Elijah, what are you doing here? is answered finally where Elijah is despairing of himself to be the solution. Finally. And when you are there, it is dry. It is ugly. It is exhausting. It is fatiguing. And it smells like death. But do you know what happens in death? Karl Barth said this, only where there are graves is there resurrection. The power of the better and bigger Elijah shows up there. And he feeds you with bread. In John, do you know where most of the 200 plus disciples left Jesus? He said, there will be a day when you feed on my body and blood. And they bailed because they said, that is crazy. I will do it myself. I almost want to end there.
think I should. Can I have your notes afterwards? Okay, you can have them afterwards. Let's pray into that. Jesus, um, I have assumed, Father, that my goal was to get myself to feeling better. And I know now, especially through Elijah, that feeling good will not make me good. And I confess that to you. I confess this. I need you every hour, and I cannot do it except by your power you show up in my life to bring me to wholeness. That is my confession all over again. By your spirit, Jesus, would you impress on our hearts the sweetness of your power and our inability to do it all? Would you build what we now call faith you have got to do the work. And would you communicate life to our hearts that are absolutely fatigued? We trust. We trust in the dryness in the desert. In Jesus' name, amen.